Welcome back to Your Brain on Positive. All the love and support you need is residing inside of you. And we're going to make it easier to turn it on. I knew I met my match when I met Laura. And not just because she's got a really cool cat. I knew I met my match when I met Laura because she was unapologetically herself. And I believe that when you're unapologetically yourself, when you have that level of self-acceptance, your life is just better. And all of your decisions are easier to make. We're going to find out what's the truth behind that and whether that's just my imagination. Thank you for being here. And Laura, thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. I can't wait to talk with you. We're going to have a lot of fun with this, I have a feeling. When we met... I knew you from a business group, but then all of a sudden people started talking about bullets. You know, so you've got more than one personality, I think, but I could be wrong. More than one thing going on in your world. Yes. yes. So cool. So tell us how all of these things play together. What are they? Sure. So I've got three companies. Um, I've got a marketing company. I have an education company and I have an ammunition company. The <laughs> The common thread between all three is the concept of sovereignty. Um, sovereignty is probably my single most passionate driver. Um, people are imprisoned by a lot of different things and they want to be more free. And my objective is to help people to be more free, however they're defining it. So in my marketing company, I help people to be more free by helping them to have more money, to help their company be successful, to reclaim their time and teach them how to scale their business and help them to get their life back because life is for living and I want them to do that. So I want to help. Through my education company, I teach people about personal development, how people can be spiritually and emotionally free. So you're not held back by generational trauma. You're not held back by societal expectations fear of rejection or things like that. And with my third company, we make ammunition and we help people with their constitutional sovereignty. The United States was built um, by a band of rebels who were tired of the king trampling on their sovereignty and taxing them to death. So they enshrined the second amendment into the constitution to prevent the rise of a tyrannical government again. And there's a lot of people who are completely against people having guns and and that's fine. Um, That means you don't need to have one, but I'm of the mind that sovereignty means people get to do things that we don't like. So if other people wish to do things, um, that's their right to do it. My role is not to be their nanny or their mom and tell them how to live their lives. I wish to set people truly free. So free, in fact, that They have no desire to control other people anymore because they finally realize that they never needed to. You know, that's an interesting concept. And you have, I mean, each one of those businesses is a lifetime endeavor for most people, each and on their own. Yeah. I mean, they really are. You know, you got these these three horses you're riding and you do it really gracefully. I'm so envious. I, you get wonky at two. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, it's hard to do one thing well all at the same time. My marketing company, I started 23 years ago. I exited from day-to-day life from that when I retired in 2018, which freed me up to start the education company, uh, which is a part-time endeavor. Um, And my ammo company is, pun intended, it is exploding. So um, (laughs) I'm... 
I'm riding that wave and having a wonderful time. And I'm working with the most kind-hearted, good, good souls. And it's really lighting me up inside. Oh, I can tell. You, you said something about sovereignty. And the best definition I've ever heard of sovereignty is that my right to swing my arm ends where your nose begins. <laughs> it's funny you say that because someone was just trying to come at me in the comments on LinkedIn about a post that I made. And I'm like, okay, well, tread carefully um, because I'm not going to be a troll, but I will probably give you a perspective that you weren't expecting. And I'm going to kill you with kindness, which you aren't expecting. So if you're looking for a fight, you've come to the wrong place. Intelligent dialogue. Yes. And the, the thing that I said is, you know, my you know, you, or what, what did I say? I said, your, your freedom ends where mine begins. That's it. Like, you don't get to tell me how to live my life. And I've been very um, vocally opposed to certain um, government overreaches where they're trying to tell me what I can and cannot do with my own body, uh, what I need to be giving up of my own livelihood and certain tracking measures that are going to be um, voted on real soon about things that are eroding our freedoms on a regular basis. So, um, but the only way that you're going to be able to stand up to that is if you can stand up to yourself. Bingo. All right. So now we are on my favorite turf. My favorite turf is that piece of real estate that exists and everyone owns this real estate. They just don't know it. It's what exists behind your eyes and between your ears. Your sovereignty seems to start there with the idea that people need to own their own thoughts and not give control of their thinking and emotions to other people. Mm -hmm. What would be a fast path? If someone is like, mm, maybe I could do a little better there, yeah, because they've been flooded with all of the messages and every message we're getting is a marketing message and most of them have embedded neuro-linguistic programming, they're NLP-based. These people are master persuaders who are putting messages out there and it's, you know, it's not just the government and it includes the government. So my big message to the world a long time ago was that a great public service announcement is just to remember that everyone wants to convince you that their opinion is right. And mm -hmm. that's what their messages are all about. How do you stand in your own integrity against that kind of onslaught? It's a great question. Um... I believe that there's a multitude of ways that we can do that. One, we need to be okay with displeasing others. We get to do that. <laughs> I get to displease you. I, I have the privilege of making you angry. I have the privilege of um, making you not like me. I get to do that. And a lot of people forget that that sovereign right all by itself. We think, and we've been led to believe through societal conditioning that we need to be approved of by everybody. It is remarkably liberating when you realize, actually, no, I don't need anybody's approval. And it's okay if Jackie doesn't like me. It's okay if Jackie doesn't approve of the way that I speak or the fact that my favorite words tend to be a bit more salty. Like, it's okay, right? And it's like when we free ourselves from this entrapment of approval, well, we're freeing ourselves all over the place because it means, well, I don't need to please big brother. I don't need to do what... Um, CNN tells me to do. I don't need to be a minion for their agenda. I get to be free on my own. And the way to do that is to A, do what I said and be okay with your right to displease people. But B, 
actually use it as a bit more than that. It's not so much a right of, oh, I get to, it's more like you almost have an imperative to. As your own sovereign being, you have to have the responsibility to come with your own opinions because this is how the world changes. And people don't have to choose to be offended. People could actually choose to listen without reaction. Or Correct. To, yeah. Correct. So, so it's not that you have control over their emotions. Like you cannot make me angry. Sorry, I don't give that kind of power away anymore. Though I used to. I used to believe other people made me feel certain ways. And certainly country music right. endorses that. And it's not true. My emotions are under, oh yeah, you know the oh, song. Oh, when you steal your dog in your dryer and your ex-wife and stuff like that. Oh, no, no, the big offender. Are you ready? You make me feel like a natural woman. Oh, no, he didn't. You were feeling like a little something and you gave him credit so you could have what you wanted. Yeah, I mean, the, the song grabs me crazy. It gives responsibility of our emotions to somebody else. And it's just not true. That's an interesting point you raise. I've actually had multiple arguments with people. They're like, you're making me angry. No, you're making you angry. Well, you're making me yell. I am not doing anything. You are choosing to yell in in reaction to the words that I've said. You do not need to conduct yourself that way. Um, Well, apparently they do. Yeah. (laughs) And I I don't receive that. Yeah, yeah, they don't get it. They don't get that they have choice and this power. Well, repetition uh, can be really useful because you can say that enough and sometimes someone will hear you. It depends. I mean, you know, sometimes we're in relationships with people who are like, oh, you make me do this and you make me crazy and you make me yell. Do I though? Do I? Maybe well, I you have have, don't have good self-control. I have an answer that I use now. And actually mm-hmm. it, it does. I'm a little bit, I agree with Wayne Dyer. He said one day he would be too evolved to say things along similar lines to this or Mm -hmm. to not tell off color jokes. And he, I don't think he ever quite got there. I haven't either. When somebody tells me that I make them angry, now I respond with, do you really want to give me that much control over your emotions? Because I will have fun with you. (laughs) It's just fun. So how did you end up with the shift from marketing and advertising into an education company on personal development, helping people reclaim their sovereignty? Well, I realized that in order to build the first company, I gave away my sovereignty. Um, I did the hustle and grind that seems to be encouraged in our culture. I think it's bad. I think there's a way to be remarkably successful without burning yourself out. I had, um, I've, I had achieved a lot. I retired young, very accomplished. I'd won countless awards and had been on Fox News and many other, um, you know, uh, large media outlets many times. But at the end of it, when I retired, there I am sitting with my money and my accomplishments and my awards. And I'm like, cool, don't feel any better. And I was bleeding internally. My marriage was new and already struggling. And a lot of it is things that I could have been tempted to blame other people for. Oh, I didn't buy enough stuff. You know, the stuff that I bought didn't deliver. My ex-husband is to blame. No, it was all me. So I accepted responsibility for where I was. And I wanted to know, well, what is happiness and what do the happiest people have in common? Because whatever that is, I got to get me some of that and I don't have it. So I started being an entrepreneur and a science nerd and a social science scientist. And I started um, studying human behavior, studying a lot of the texts that are out there now. 
and studying a lot of um, scientific papers to find the clues. And I put it all together and I, I was, I was doing it in a desperate plea to change my own life because I was so remarkably unhappy. And what I found my, I was really close. I was probably like 95% on. So as I began testing my theories on myself to see, you know, will this change my life? I found the holes and I, you know, made the tweaks, bam, I got where I wanted to be. I became nice. I became soft. I became kind. I became more confident. I'm, I became okay with people not liking me. In fact, so much so that I use my personality as almost a sorting tool. You're safe. You're not safe. You're cool. You're not cool. If, if I need to censor or diminish my shine in any way in order to earn your approval, you're not my people. Goodbye. And I became a better leader. I became more innovative. I moved to a tropical island just because I wanted to. Um, like I started to live out loud and live with incredible joy. And I wanted to share this with other people. And it's like, I also discovered that retirement doesn't really look good on me. So I need to continually be moving. So in service to others, I wanted to write the book, put it in more people's hands so they could change their own lives. I mean, one of my readers wrote in that he is no longer suicidal because of my book and the work that I suggested in the book that he do, he did the work and now he's happy. Like he went from suicidal to actually having a wellspring of unlimited joy inside of him, which is what we all have the potential to have. So I find that deeply inspirational. And, you know, I believe me, I'm not making a lot of money on books. I mean, I get like maybe $4, which I appreciate, but like, it's not the point. The point for me is I see people all around me in tremendous pain all the time. And I mean, read the comment section anytime on any social media and you see people getting in flame wars with each other and they want to fight. I don't want to fight. I want to talk. I want to engage. I want to lead with love, lead with kindness, right? And other people are so angry that they want to take it out on everybody else around them. It's a distraction from their pain. You said it really well. They are in so much pain. Well, they said, I think it was Gandhi, be the change you wish to see in the world. Mm, This is me being the change I wish to see in the world. We're not nice enough. We're not confident enough. I'm, I'm, I'm here changing that. Cool. I love that. Let's just improve the confidence, which would it by net by nature, improve the niceness Mm -hmm. of the world. Cause it is easy to be kind when you're confident about what's going on and not always easy to be kind when you're not. So I love the focus. What's the name of your book? Because we haven't mentioned it, but you did talk about it. My book is called The Six Habits. Cool. Is there a subtitle or just The Six Habits? Practical tools for bringing your dreams to life. Ah, there we go. Okay. So so whatever your dreams are, it could be you want to lose um, weight, could be you want to finally get a divorce, could be that you want to be more powerful and more confident, could be you want to start a company, maybe you want a yacht of your very own. Um, We all dream of different things. And I think that a lot of our dreams are typically a lot more humble than uh, we give ourselves permission. We've been sold this bowl of goods that we need to all be millionaires in order to be happy, instead of actually realizing that a happiness is here, here right now. You can have it. Happiness and first, yeah. And the other part of that is, you know, don't put so much stake and hope on having a million dollars because, you know, speaking as a person who has made um, obscene amounts of money, 
um, it doesn't make you any happier because when you get there and it's nobody ever believes me until they actually get there. Nope. That wasn't it. Told you like work on you. That's free. Money is a magnifier. If you are unhappy now, if you are dealing with anxiety now, you're anxious and worried, more money is going to make you more unhappy, more anxious, more worried, because it just magnifies your emotions. Everything that- Well, it amplifies also who you are. So I have said famously over the last probably two years that the thing that money and pandemics have in common is they reveal who you are and make you more of it. So- Think about it. If you're a nice person already, you're probably going to be more of one in the middle of these circumstances. If you're a big bastard, you're probably going to become more of one because, you know, being in a stressful situation or being given a lot of abundance simply gives you more tools to amplify yourself. There we go. Become something worth amplifying. Is yeah, what we want for everyone. It's why I started the podcast and why I love interviewing people like you. Because what we want is for people to become someone they want to amplify, that they become someone they want to be more of. That- well, yeah, and that was the journey for me. I was always the person who, I've always had a big personality, but I've always tried to be somewhat conforming and try to behave and try to be what other people want me to be. I think you've already figured it out. I don't care anymore because I have won the ultimate approval, my own. I like me and I know I'm a good person. If other people don't like me, it really sucks for them. And it just means they have poor taste in humans. And that's a shame. They just have poor taste in humans. What can we say? That pretty much says it all. For somebody who wants to build this muscle, who wants to develop their sovereignty, who wants to be more confident, more kind, be worth amplifying. Where would you recommend they start? I mean, granted, getting your book is a great place, but beyond that. Well, there's a journey that people need to be on to get to who they want to be from where they are today and who they are today. But you need to do a few things. It's either my book or somebody else's book or whatever, but you need to understand what there looks like. You need to figure out where you're going. And then by contrast, you need to figure out where you're starting from. So you always have to put coordinates into your GPS in your phone. You have to know your end destination, what that looks like. And you need to understand where you are starting from. When you know these two things, only then can you effectively begin on the journey. So yes, I do recommend people read my book. It's very, very life-changing. It changed my own life and it changes my readers' lives. And the thing about this level of truth is the book itself provides you with the journey map and it provides you with what the destination could potentially look like and invites you to dream up the rest. What it doesn't do is tell you who you are because I don't know that. But inside the book, there's so many tools. So you have to go to this special website um, that comes free with the book. There's no cash. You just go and get the download stuff. There's hundreds of dollars worth of coaching materials in there, completely free that help you to meet yourself. So you can figure out your point of origin. Because if I'm telling you through the book, like, wow, you could be this, you could have that. Wow. I would like for you to help yourself put the first point of origin into your GPS Figure that out. So do the work. It comes free. Honestly, anyone listening to this, they should grab it uh, because I realized I made a huge mistake and I gave away too much. 
way, way, way too much. So I'm going to be scaling back on that really soon. So if you want to, if you like the too muchness, then go grab it. Um, it's, it's in there, but point of origin is what you have to do to find out who you are today. The book or anybody else's book gives you an idea of what you could have by contrast. And then the third part is do the damn work. (laughs) So um, I'm glad you finished your thought because when you said you gave away too much, I didn't catch right away that what you mean is the bonuses in the book that Mm -hmm. are available today are not going to stay available at the same kind of free bonuses. There will be some. No, because I I put way too much in there. Like I need to make it simpler for people. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to say, what's the problem with too much? I mean, we live in the world. People get overwhelmed. You supersized it. Well, what? people get overwhelmed with the too muchness, and sometimes they don't know where to start. So I'm a person, I want the comprehensive information right out of the gate because I like to see the entire, I mean, I'm also like a, I'm a, like an amateur chef. I read the ingredients. I read the instructions. I set up my mise en place. Then I begin. That's how I did this. And that's what I prepared for other people, except most people don't operate like me. So (laughs) if you enjoy the too muchness, act now while supplies last is all I'm going to tell you. I I have to ask, when did you get a clue that most people don't operate like you do? Um, I continually get reminders on a fairly daily basis. I mean, people come into my home and they're like, wait, how are you good at this also? I don't know. Just am. I'm just getting by. (laughs) (laughs) there's a clarity and a systemization I think that you bring to everything that you do that most especially entrepreneurs when it comes to marketing lack and so I'm not a bit surprised that you covered that really well when that was your primary thing and then when you retired you turned it into why am I not happier and yeah, really I don't know how to not turn things into businesses. I'm going to have to figure that out at some point because I can't work my whole life. But um, I, I really, I just, everything to me is figure outable. I've never met a challenge I couldn't crush. Um, might take me more time, but I mean, at the end of the day, you just, if you're tenacious enough, you can overcome just about every single obstacle you can possibly imagine. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I'm just that person. Well, you highlighted something about the awareness of unhappiness coming after you stopped being a busy entrepreneur. Yeah. That when there was a pause, you were able to figure out that you didn't have everything that you wanted and what was missing was intangible. Absolutely. And I think for a lot of us, the intangible is what's missing because you know, we do live in a culture and this weird epoch of time where we've been sold this bill of goods that the next product you purchase will be the one that makes you happy. Buy this goo, buy this machine, buy this doodad. It does not deliver. It just doesn't. Neither does getting the next promotion or the corner office. None of the things outside of us build our happiness. It's an inside job. Well, if you can't be happy in a box, you can't be happy anywhere. I'm sorry. If you can't be happy in a box. Yeah. If you can't be happy sitting in a cardboard box and having nothing, you can't be happy anywhere. It is. It is. Just prove that you can't. Well, I won't give up everything to sit in a cardboard box and 
see if I can test your theory, because the reality is that this was a similar journey to mine, which is why this whole series exists. I'm always looking for great tools to help people keep their brain on positive. So we'll have the link for your book. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be on the chat for whoever one is watching. The power, Laura, of your clarity. Mm. I'm going to just invite everybody to do the free thing. And the free thing is take a deep breath and pause and just do a gut check. Give yourself a really subjective scale on a scale of one to 10, where 10 is, I'm absolutely happy. Mm-hmm. Nothing needs to change for me to be happy. Put yourself on that scale and you know, decide. If I'm below a six, I'm going to take action. If I'm below a seven, I'm going to take action. If I'm a 10, I might take action. So I stay a 10. Whatever it is, just know nothing changes until you change something by taking an action, whatever that is. So, Laura, I love the fact that you distilled it down into six habits. What are the habits? Can you do well, they have a one sentence description that you could give? Uh, the, the habits are not as succinct as you'd probably want, but I'll tell you what they are. Sure. It's how we treat ourselves, which is kindness, how we feel about ourselves, which is acceptance how we regard life, which is gratitude, how we show up in it, which is presence, how we accept and receive energy, which is goodness, and how we give energy, which is intention. And most of us live in the dark side of all of these habits, and we've got the bad bad stuff going on. We treat ourselves poorly. We view ourselves poorly. We're not grateful. We're not present. We're letting whatever energy in, and we're not putting much good out. So the the habits themselves, they build upon each other. So when you get good at one, it helps you to be better at the others. You can literally start with any single one. I did this cool thing where I built um, an assessment tool. So if you read the book, you love it. And you're like, wow, this is awesome. Um, You can get the assessment to help you figure out your unique starting point. Because if you're not me and you don't want to do a 90 day habit mastery program, which I also built, um, If you just want to start with one, then the assessment tool can help you figure out which one to start with, because it's going to be the one that will provide you with the most life-altering value right away. Um, So you go through, you answer the questions, and then it gives you my advice to help you start powerfully. I am absolutely just delighted. Your idea of these are not succinct is my idea of absolute efficiency with words. You know, it was clear, concise, and totally compelling. So connecting all of the dots, Laura, that was lovely. Thank you very much. I love the idea that working on one improves all. It takes a lot of pressure off. Oh, it does. And, you know, I was having a conversation with um, someone earlier today about um, should we do all of it? Well, yeah, but we're already, we're already, living in the shadow of so much should we're shooting all over ourselves. You've heard that before. It's not even funny anymore, but like we're constantly living in a state of feeling like we're just not towing them line. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we just as a crazy experiment, just understand that we need to meet ourselves where we are, live in the future for just a moment and be that person who is self-compassionate. Just be that person just for a few minutes and say, you know what? I don't have a lot of time. I don't have this. I don't have that, blah, 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 blah. 
but I do love myself enough. I am angry enough about the way things are that I'm finally willing to change because the pain of staying put outweighs the pain of action. And I don't need to make so much action that it's onerous and awful. I will give myself the grace to take a small step knowing that it's not the whole journey, but I'm moving. Rolling stone gathers no moss. Get moving. Even if you're poking along, you're meandering, you can mosey, you can amble even, you can do whatever you want. Just move. (laughs) If your life is not perfect, take one step that'll take you in the direction you want to go. With happiness, little optimism will go a really long way here. And I, you know, my, my favorite piece of content that I ever developed is called Leaving Shouldville. So uh, you know, okay, I support that. Yeah, I suspected that you might. So we will continue this discussion because I have a sneaking suspicion that this book is not going to be your last book. So keep us posted, Laura. Let's see where we can go with this. And you do also have a talk up on TEDx. So we will make sure that that link gets posted as well. It's a beautiful walk into what your journey is and what your mission is in the world. Thank you. Thank you for that. And as always, thank you for being you and for learning to get and keep your own brain on positive because what a gift you are to the world, Laura. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for turning on and turning up your positivity. We know that positivity is easier to maintain in a community, so we have one. Join our community on Facebook, Your Brain on Positive. If you've had an aha from the show, please head over to the community and share it. We love to celebrate wins. 